0: Welcome back to another episode of Stand on Guard. I'm your host, David Creighton. You know, we hear a lot about pauses this week, don't we? There's a, There was a pause on the carbon tax. And Joe Biden wants a pause on the war in the Middle East. And Justin Trudeau and his immigration minister are talking about a pause on immigration. But make no mistake. There is no pause coming. And we'll be back to tell you why. So we are in a very precarious position in this country. We need political change, but we also need to resolve to resist. Yeah, welcome back. So we're going to be talking about immigration today. But before I go any further, and before I forget, please like this show while you're watching it now so we can beat the YouTube algorithm. It's very important. We're all trying to do that. So like it right now and ring the bell and subscribe so we can beat Trudeau censorship. You always hear me talking about that censorship bill that's coming down the line. Well, there's more coming from the Justin Trudeau government. We've got to beat the censorship in whichever ways we can. So we're going to talk about immigration today and what is potentially on the horizon. And there's some scary things happening. But I want you to listen to a great interview here with Colonel Douglas McGregor. He's a former advisor advisor to a secretary of defense in the United States. And I've never heard so much common sense and so much wisdom from a senior officer. It's no wonder to me this guy did not make four-star general. He's too honest, he's too forthright, and he gives advice that is sometimes contrary to the defense establishment and that industrial military complex. But let's have a listen here. France, parts of Scandinavia, Italy, are overwhelmed and overloaded with people that were brought in in 2015 and after, mostly from the Middle East and Africa, that most Europeans have now discovered are never going to assimilate, did not come to assimilate, and either have to be expelled and returned to where they came from, or the Europeans themselves face destruction. Now, this doesn't have to be exclusively violent. It can simply come over generations through reproduction. But it's very obvious that Europe has serious troubles inside itself that have nothing to do with what's happened in Ukraine. Now, fascinating introduction here, because he's talking about the devastation that mass immigration has caused to Europe. It's a lot of folks who are coming into Europe who have no intention of becoming European. And that's exactly what could happen to Canada if some plans unfold and the mass immigration continues. Nothing wrong with immigration, but it cannot be unstable and it cannot be something that is ad hoc and increasing and escalating without a plan. And the Liberal government has no plan, even though they just introduced one this week. It's not a plan. Let's listen to some more wisdom here from Tucker Carlson, who I just love to listen to, and he's even better since he left Fox News, with Nigel Farage, who you might remember, was a key component of the Brexit policy and movement in Great Britain. effects of
1: the current conflict in the Middle East, one we can be certain of at this point, is that there are going to be a lot of refugees, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions, where should they go? That's a real question. So if you were to suggest, well, why doesn't Israel take them in? It's their war. The response you would get would be immediate and it would be aggressive and it would be, of course not, that's insane. These people are dangerous. If they were moved to Israel, it would be destabilizing for that country. And that's probably true. In fact, it's certainly true. But what's interesting is the very same people who would tell you that, are now pushing for those refugees to be sent to the West, to English-speaking countries, Scotland, the UK, and yes, the United States. Calls for this are coming from the left, predictably, but also from the so-called right. We should take these refugees. What's going on here? And is anyone pushing back against it? No, I mean, you know, we have now got, uh, we have now got, and our, our London Metropolitan Police don't know what to do. We had people on the streets of London this Saturday shouting jihad, people on the streets of London carrying ISIS banners, chanting going on on the streets of London from Palestine to the sea. Sorry, from, from, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, meaning Israel should be literally obliterated. So we now have the politics of other countries on our streets because of who we've let in This group of people have not assimilated. They have not integrated. And therefore, why compound the problem?
0: Now, we have similar protests going on in Canada. And I'm not going to show you scene after scene after scene of this going on, These pro-Palestinian. And there's been incidents on the other side as well. But clearly, there are some people who don't want to assimilate to become Canadian as well. And this is not a rant against Muslims, because I believe the vast majority of Muslims are becoming real Canadians and are just as Canadian as you or I. And I'm not buying into the 9-11 hysteria that we're on the verge of another huge terrorist attack and we've got to stop being friends with our Muslim neighbors and our coworkers and in our friends. I'm not saying that. But there are people coming into Canada from all religions and areas who don't want to assimilate because it's uncontrolled, unsustainable immigration. I think it's very important. Now, what has the effect been on all of the protests over the Middle East on Justin Trudeau? Well, he started on October 7th. This is when Hamas... Invaded Israel with a brutal terrorist attack that included slaughter of innocent women and children. Yes, it did. I'm not going to get into individual atrocities, but the invasion itself was an atrocity. And Crudo said Canada strongly condemns the current terrorist attacks against Israel. These acts of violence are completely unacceptable. We stand with Israel and fully support its right to defend itself. Our thoughts are with everyone affected by this. Civilian life must be protected. Seems like he uh, clearly knows what what he stands for there. Now, where has he come? Here we are, November 1st. This is yesterday. The price of justice cannot be cannot be the continued suffering of palestinian civilians when i sat down with palestinian families today they spoke about the loved ones they have lost in gaza and about the pain anger trauma and grief they're feeling now clearly justin trudeau is not sure which side of the issue he stands on anymore. It has been confusing for him. And because just like the carbon tax, he can't decide anymore which side of the issue to come up on. I think it's important, though, that we examine where this might go in terms of immigration policy. And this is very, very interesting. And this article appeared recently in the times of israel and also was picked up by ctv news but very few other mainstream media outlets have talked about this but this is a concept paper from the intelligence ministry in israel and it's suggesting that the refugees in gaza be resettled. Yes, resettled. We haven't heard talk like that since Nazi Germany, actually. And it's a very scary idea. So we just take these people out, put them someplace else. Obviously, one of the preferred destinations would be Egypt, but Egypt doesn't necessarily want to cooperate. Other places in the Middle East, same. Europe is getting crowded, as we heard Douglas McGregor refer to. So the idea that is being floated in this policy paper is that Canada could be a destination. And I have heard the number could be as high as 500,000 Gaza refugees. Now, that would be catastrophic, not just for Canada, but for the Gaza refugees who might not even want to come to Canada. And in fact, the Palestinians have said, no, this is not on the table, but they might be forced to to do it. And the reason the Israelis said Canada, why? Why Canada? Why not Argentina? Why why not someplace else? Because they said Canada has a lenient and in quotation marks lenient immigration policy. Basically, you can just walk right in. And, you know, what they could have also suggested is you put these people in Mexico and they just walk through the southern border into Texas or Arizona. And that's fine, too, because the United States has an open border policy that's probably technically, arguably even worse than Canada's. Joe Biden is operating a completely porous border where anybody can just walk on in and get transported anywhere in the country. So that's another option for Israel if it wants to consider that. But is Canada taking this seriously? Well, let's let's listen here. Let's listen to the immigration minister. This is the newly minted immigration minister who nobody had even heard of before the cabinet shuffle in the summer. This is Mark Miller. Who's just released his blue ribbon immigration report, his new his new policy direction directive, and but here he is talking about this possibility of bringing all the Gaza refugees to Canada.
1: Israel's Ministry of Intelligence presented their government with a concept paper that suggested Palestinians could be moved out of Gaza and that um, Canada itself uh, could accept them as refugees. What do you say to that idea? I, I'm hard to speculate on it. Um, we are uh, open to those f- fleeing war. This is a war. Uh, at the same time it's something that it's very difficult for me to speculate publicly on. I haven't read the report, would have to read it. Uh, but again the focus as I mentioned to your colleague is to get a humanitarian corridor open to welcome Canadians and their families out of Gaza. It is still very much a pressing concern and one that um, remains unfulfilled yet.
0: Whoa. This is an immigration minister. Now, it's not clear to me whether or not he's even heard of the issue. He says he hasn't read the document, but he's obviously aware of this possibility because he comments on it and he, he says he doesn't want to speculate. But he says Canada will accept refugees when there's a war on. When there's a war on. So that's almost a yes. Did he say that with Trudeau's authority? Did he say that with cabinet authority? Is he speaking as an immigration minister who's implementing policy? Well, it's not clear. And certainly we need to know more about whether or not this is a serious idea. But believe me, this is not a good time. To bring 500,000 refugees from Gaza into Canada. Why? Our immigration levels are already overwhelming, overflowing. We cannot possibly provide housing and jobs for this many people. We can't even provide housing for the Canadians who are living here. People can't afford to buy homes. The price of rent for a one bedroom, for a bachelor apartment, in most Canadian city, in fact, all Canadian cities is is beyond the price of a lot of mortgages. So this is not an option. We don't have facilities even to house that many people. We would have to create another tent city like we did on the New York-Quebec border and the New York-Ontario border, with all of these thousands, hundreds of thousands of people living there. And the weather is just changing into winter. It looks like an early winter in much of Canada. So I don't know if that's a good idea. But once again, the liberal government doesn't think in terms of what's a good idea. It just thinks in terms of what's politically expedient. And believe me, they're looking for an out on the Mideast war because they can't decide where they stand. Trudeau is alienating everybody. He's managed to alienate Israel, he's, he's managed to alienate Israeli supporters, Jewish supporters. He's managed to, and now he's, he's managed to alienate Palestinians because I don't think they even want to come here. And they've said that the Palestinian authorities already said, no, they're really not interested in coming to Canada. But that might not stop Justin Trudeau from seeing this as a wonderful humanitarian gesture. Because he is embattled in all fronts. He looks like a fool, a clown, and a coward who's running from the media. He can't even show up in Question Period. We're going to be watching Question Period today. Bet you he's not there again. He's been there once this week, once the previous week. He promised to be there yesterday. He wasn't. Pierre Polyev, the conservative leader, brought that up. He said, where is the prime minister? He was reprimanded by this partisan speaker. Greg Fergus, by saying, oh, you can't, you shouldn't be asking where the prime minister is. He's a busy man. He's a busy man, and he's got other responsibilities. So don't embarrass the prime minister. And there was a bit of an uproar over that in the House of Commons, thank God, because this speaker has got to go. He is an embarrassment. And he's so partisan, It where he wears it on his sleeve. So what is going on with this? I tell you, I... I fear for the safety of this country. But if we can take 500,000 refugees from Gaza, you can bet this government will continue to take them. So I was telling you, the immigration minister came out with a brand new immigration policy. Big report. Read it. Or at least read the news release. And you'll see there's nothing there. Nothing. And it was heralded by even the the International Post. Aha. Government to ease immigration targets, capping new entrants to Canada at 500000 Oh, there's an immigration cap. Uh, No, not exactly. There's not exactly an immigration cap because, oh, these liberals, they are so cynical. They're, They're clever to a degree. They're pretty stupid when it comes to implementing policies about climate change because they're destroying the country for an ideology that is clearly flawed. But they are cunning, and they know a political move when they see it. And so, ah, read the fine print of this. Yes, yes, yes. The government is continuing with plans to welcome 485,000 new permanent residents in 2024 and 500,000 people in 2025. But it will pause the growth in 2026, holding at 500,000 people. Uh Uh-huh. All right. How in the hell is that a cap? It's as much as we're already letting in. And and guess what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any idiot can notice this. It's not a cap implemented today or effective today or tomorrow or even next week or even next month, it's effective in 2026, almost three years away. So just like the carbon tax, which could well be implemented after the three-year pause, you can bet the Liberals can backtrack on this one in three years if they get reelected. And this is what this is all about. They look like they're busy and concerned today today. But they're busy and concerned in three years' time. That's when they're going to implement this policy. And they want you to have the faith to believe that they're still with you in three years' time. And even at that, it's a non-policy. It's hardly a cap. 500000 That's what we're already doing. So it's much like when the liberals tell you they're going to spend X billion dollars on national defense over 10 years. How can they possibly promise that? How can they guarantee that when they don't even know if they're going to be in power throughout that next 10 years or even for a portion of it? So, how are they supposed to deliver? The next government could decide no, we're not going to implement the liberal government's policy directive. We're going to do something different. We're not going to be spending X billion. We're going to be spending Y billion. So that's what can happen. And the liberal government itself, God forbid, if it's reelected, can just decide to change course. Issue a new defense policy document and change course. And that's exactly what can happen with immigration. Because they do it all the time with defense, and they do it all the time with immigration. Just change course and say, hey, yeah, we said that in 2023. And that was valid then. Not anymore. We're going to change our course. We're going to do something completely different. And that's how these things unravel. And it always happens that way. So you're being conned. You're being plagued again by the Trudeau government and telling you they're really concerned about unrestricted immigration. There's no cap. And And this mythological cap even if it does transpire, is hardly a cap. And that's how they keep fooling you. They continue to lie about their intentions by putting everything into the future. Um, Are we going to be facing a refugee crisis, 500,000 people from Gaza? I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm looking into that every day because I don't trust this liberal government. I think they could well (laughs) up to something in terms of distracting our attention from the catastrophe they have created in the domestic policy. So they love this sort of thing. Keep people fixated in something else and make this government look like it's really concerned about humanitarian gestures, like it really cares. Doesn't care for Canadians. It wants you to starve because it's cutting back on fertilizer for farmers by 30% by 2030. It wants you to freeze this winter because it's got a carbon tax on fuel. It doesn't want you to drive because it's got a carbon tax on gasoline at the pumps. And it would really like to put you out of your misery through its Medical Assistance in Dying Program, otherwise known as the Euthanasia Eugenics Program. So that's what this liberal government is really up to. And believe me, it doesn't care for your safety, your security, your livelihood, or your life at all. So let's see what happens with these Gaza refugees. But I can tell you in a safe prediction, the immigration policy is not going to change. We're going to see more of the same from this Liberal government, and God help us if we don't have some way to get a new government in there. I hope Justin Trudeau takes up the challenge from Conservative leader Pierre Polyev and has an election on the carbon tax. Because right now they're so far down in the polls, they'd be lucky to be a rump party in Atlantic Canada. But the only place they might get some votes because they caved on their carbon tax there but nobody else is going to get a break and they shouldn't either so thanks for watching today and here's a little message about why i need your support for this station hi this is david creighton from creighton's right and stand on guard join the resistance resolve to resist become a member of this station I've been practicing journalism in one form or another for over 30 years. I've worked in print, radio, and television for a lot of prestigious publications and media outlets. I was an Armed Forces Public Affairs Officer. I worked on Parliament Hill. I know how Ottawa works, and I know how corrupt federal government can be. But you can play a part in opposing Justin Trudeau's government and Justin Trudeau's plans for Canada. You can become a part of the Creighton's right resistance. Now, I urge you today, please support this station in any way you can. Ring that bell, subscribe, because that ensures you're at least going to continue to be able to watch these episodes. You'll beat the algorithm. But more importantly, I need your financial support. I hate to ask, but that's what I'm doing. I'm in a decision to pursue independent media because I believe it was the best possible route for me to take as a journalist and as a concerned citizen of Canada. So you can become a part of that. And at only $5, you can become a part of that on YouTube, on Substack, and with Buy me a copy, a one-time donation. But I need your support. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. If you've already done that, if you're already supporting the station, thank you. But if you haven't, make that decision today. Thanks for watching again today and we'll see you very